Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. My name is Nkechin Walker Robinson, and I am founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, an experienced technology executive with one of Canada's largest financial institutions, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and a viral sensation as my You Matter speech has hit over 6.5 million views worldwide. This show is all about thriving. And I will be bringing on some amazing humans that own their thrive to help you figure out how you too can own yours. So please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and make sure to join along on the web at empoweredmyskin.com so you can be notified when new episodes are available. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Though you can't see me, I just spread my arms out because I want to hug this human that I'm here to interview. Yes, she has a PhD from Western University in Health Science, and her primary areas of research are happiness and health. Come on. How can I? I don't even want to, I'm not even saying the rest of her bio because I want her to tell us more about herself. So put your ears together for the amazing Dr. Jillian Mandich. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, 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 so happy. No, I just want to get into it. And I don't want to eat up the time, like, because all of that takes some time. So, oh my gosh. I am so happy to be here with you. Two years ago, I have to tell the audience, I met her. We were just having actually a pre-show conversation and I was in a space then. And it's interesting because on today I'm interviewing her. It's like, there's this space around me that I, Mm. and I was like, you're like something about you and the spaces I'm in are so timely and so really happy to get into happiness and health with you but I just my first question has to be like you were the first happiness doctor I was ever introduced to like how did you get to like why study happiness you know what I was the first happiness doctor I was ever introduced to too (laughs) Like in all honesty, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. And even to this day, when I tell somebody I'm a happiness researcher, they kind of like tilt their head and look at me funny. Like, is that a real thing? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I told you I was a diabetes researcher or an obesity right. researcher, which is my background or a nutrition, they was like, oh, okay, you study that. But for some reason, we don't really study or talk mm-hmm. about happiness, but it, mm-hmm. it makes sense in a mm-hmm. way because We don't actually learn how to be happy when we grow up, right? Even in school, Mm -hmm. right? We learn math, we learn science, but nobody teaches us how to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then we grow up and we wonder why we're not happy. And so it only makes sense to learn about it. Why not study it? Because uh, the science of happiness really teaches us that, yes, there is a genetic element to our happiness. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there is an environmental piece Mm -hmm. and there is another significant piece of our happiness that's our thoughts, our actions, and our behaviors. So that's the piece that as a happiness researcher, I focus on because you can't change your genes. You can maybe change gene expression, but that's not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Environment, you can change, but again, very difficult, especially in the times that we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. So when we think about what we, where the greatest opportunity for growth and change, it's our thoughts, our actions and our behaviors, because that's the personal responsibility piece of happiness. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Right. So that's the piece that my work focuses on. And I, I honestly like stumbled into happiness research. I started out um, in health science. I did an undergraduate degree in health science. I did a master's in child and youth health because I really, to this day, I still uh, do research part-time at sick kids because I mm-hmm. believe that kids are our future. 
and we need to set them up for the best chance of success. Mm -hmm. So that always has a special place in my heart. And in, so I went right in from my master's in child and youth health into a PhD. And in year two, I, uh, I was doing my comprehensive exams and looking at parent and family focused interventions to address childhood obesity, because mm-hmm. it's more, um, it's more effective if the parents are involved. Makes sense. Yes. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, but what I was using for my research as a cutoff, if I could include somebody or not was BMI body mass index, which is calculated mm-hmm. by using weight and height. And I started thinking about it and I was like, why am I using weight as a cutoff for my research? You can be overweight and obese and be healthy metabolically. Mm-hmm. You can not be overweight and obese and be unhealthy. So, and, and I think you, you and I, and I'm sure you listening mm-hmm. right now also know that the number on a scale does not necessarily yes. indicate health. Yes. So mm-hmm. why am I using that as my metric? And so I went looking into the literature to say, okay, what else matters besides weight? What else impacts our health? Mm-hmm. And I found happiness and I started researching it and it was, it like blew my mind because I'm like, wow, not only does happiness feel good and it's something that we all want and it pretty much drives most, if not all of our behaviors on a daily basis, whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we compare in the research, you look, compare happy people to unhappy people, happy people live longer. They have lower rates of cardiovascular disease. They have stronger immune systems. They get faster from injury. They're more creative, better problem solvers, have longer and more fulfilling marriages, make more money. Like essentially everything we want. I'm is sold. More. I want to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, that sounds pretty good. And then even from a personal perspective, if, if I'm totally honest at the time, I thought I started doing some introspection and I thought, am I as happy as I possibly could be? Mm-hmm. And those are the hard truths that you have to sit yeah. with sometimes, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? No. Mm-hmm. Um, I was married at the time. I was in school. I had a great family. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that on paper were sort of the this fairy tale storybook story. But mm-hmm. when I got really honest with myself, I wasn't as happy. I knew I wasn't as happy as I could be. So I thought, what better way to figure it out than to study it? So even from a personal perspective, I was like, I want to figure out how to be happier. And I don't mm-hmm. know how. Mm-hmm. But I am a researcher. I have research skills. So why don't mm-hmm. I put those to good use mm-hmm. to not only impact my health and the health of my participants, um, but also to figure out like, cause we get one shot at life, right? Like yes, we really right. get one shot. And so I don't want to live a life where I haven't given it my all and I haven't tried and I haven't done everything I can to live my best life. And so, so, so I that's have to ask, I right? So, so when you start getting into it, you had people around you mm-hmm. and, and, we're humans, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're studying happiness and then you have all of these people that are not studying happiness. Yeah. So how did, like, how did your environment start to shape as you start to understand what happiness was and how, you know, did you have to help people around you or did you have to exit some people around you? Yeah, all of the above. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Um, for me, a lot of the happiness Like, I wish I would have studied, I would have measured my happiness when I started studying happiness Mm -hmm. compared to now, because Mm -hmm. as I was researching things and as I was reading about gratitude and mindfulness, I was trying all of those things within myself. And so looking and happiness is a gradual thing, right? It's kind of like when you lose weight over time, it Mm -hmm. happens slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I definitely am happier than I was back then. I also now recognize, and I don't look at happiness the same way. One of the biggest ahas I had from studying happiness was I used to always think I will be happy when, right? Mm. When, when I get my PhD, when I become a professor, 
when I live here, when I have X amount of dollars in my bank, whatever it is, we have these stories in our head that Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves. And when I really got into the happiness literature, one of the things that I was really surprised to learn, although like it kind of makes sense, is that we don't, happiness is not a destination, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's a practice. And just rethinking about how I thought about Mm -hmm. happiness Mm -hmm. has been a major game changer because I now know that I'm going to have days when I'm feeling happy and days when I'm not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because the other piece of this is I really thought the goal in life was to figure so out how, how to be happy all the time. <laughs> I was just right? about to ask yeah. <laughs> And I, I wanted to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very determined individual. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I don't want to feel the challenging emotions like sadness, like mm-hmm. uncertainty, like mm-hmm. fear, like mm-hmm. anxiety, like feeling down or sad. Mm-hmm. I want, do not want to feel those things. That's not, I want to get rid of those not possible. and just be happy. See, you can... <laughs> I no, I, figured, I, figured, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I've read a lot about positivity and even people mm-hmm. that see me, they're like, how do you, how are you always positive? I'm like, no, I, I have negative thoughts. Like everybody, I think it's about one. I definitely know how to get back to a place of positivity. Mm-hmm. So is that some of that? Is that like yeah. just knowing how to return to your happy? Yeah. And, and I think part of it was taking the pressure off myself to feel like I like I'm doing air quotes, like should yeah, happy yeah. all the time. And to know that if I'm having a down day and I, I'm having a down day. And so I, you take the pressure off yourself to feel like if you're not happy, you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I really learned like in terms of healthy psychological functioning, we need the full spectrum of human emotions to experience like the palette of being a human. Mm -hmm. And some of the really, really difficult times in my life were really, really hard. And at the same time, I have never been so tested in terms of my strength, in terms of mm. my, my courage, my bravery, yeah, your resilience. Uh, my resilience. And so while I do not wish those things happen, at the same time, I am appreciative of the woman I am coming out mm. the other side because yeah. those in the hard times is where we stretch and we grow most of the time mm. when things are smooth sailing, right? Mm. We're just going along. And so recognizing that the goal isn't to be happy all the time. And it's okay to feel all mm. of these emotions. It's more a question of not marinating in them for weeks or months. Right. 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 And, and so like for myself, even if I'm having like low days now, I'm like obsessed with jigsaw puzzles. It's been my mm-hmm. new like thing. So I'll just like go and do my puzzle for a while and just mm-hmm. feel it. And if I want to like watch a sad movie and cry, then I think that it's, it's really a very cathartic thing. So, and so is the key there about like knowing the things that make you happy and then in the moments where you're not feeling it is trying to incorporate those back because I know depression is a big thing and a lot of times they're just so exhausted Mm -hmm. from you know the the drain of the feeling that they can't even think about trying to do Mm -hmm. those things yeah so one um I'll come back to the the things that we know we need to do to make us happy but the caveat to all of this is there is a time and a place for medical intervention, for pharmaceutical intervention, because I think about it like this. If you have a house and you're trying to build a house and you don't have enough bricks or you're missing some windows, you can't build a house and no amount of gratitude and affirmations and positive thinking and positive attitude and optimism is going to bring you windows for your house, right? (laughs) That's a good way of putting that. So, (laughs) So 
there is absolutely a time and a place for those things. What I am talking about is, is the other element of it. When all the bricks are in place, what do we do to make the house a home is mm-hmm. kind of my, mm-hmm. that piece of it. That's where my research is. That's mm-hmm. my scope of, of work, my body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I think it's, you know, it's so interesting. So when I talk to research participants and we'll do like interviews or something or focus groups and I'll say, okay, are you as happy as you think you think you could be? And they'll think about it and they'll be like, no, you know, I, I could be happier. Consistently, I get that answer. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> I can empathize, right? I told myself the same thing. <laughs> and then I'll say, okay, well, what makes you happy? And then one of two things happen. Either without even like taking a breath, they'll, they'll hear like my family, my, my partner, my dog, my cat, like just autopilot out the mouth, or I'll get like a blank stare. Oh, I never really thought about that. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. hmm. and then I'm like, okay, well, if you're not as happy as you know you can be, yet you don't know what makes you happy, no wonder you're not happy, Mm -hmm. right? It sounds so obvious. And it was like, to me, this like big light bulb of like, oh my goodness. So often we don't know the things that make us happy. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I like to think of it, like almost like putting tools in a toolbox Mm -hmm. so that, Mm -hmm. because we're going to have days we wake up and we are just in a good mood and Mm -hmm. things go our way. And we are not, you know, it's just like a smooth sailing day. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're going to have days where we're challenged and we, we try. So when we have those days, when we have our go-to things that we know make us happy, mm-hmm. we can go to them without having to think about what makes us happy. So for example, for myself, I know that going out into nature is one of the most wonderful things that makes me so happy. I know that moving my body makes me happy. I know that calling some of my girlfriends makes me happy. So that when you're having those times when you're not feeling happy, you have your kind of go-to's. And half the time you don't want to do it. I mean, half the time I don't want to exercise. And yet when I'm done, I never regret it. Right. 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 And yet you do it because you know, the outcome is coming. And when you have those sure things, you can use that as a reminder to yourself of, oh yeah. Remember last week when I wasn't feeling very good and exercise is actually, I would argue one of the most effective instant happiness boosters Yes, uh, for multiple reasons, endorphins and moving our body and Shout all out. of that thing, right? <laughs> Shout out to the exercise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you think, okay, last week I kind of midday was in a funk and then I went out for a walk and then I felt better when I came back. Okay. So I don't feel like doing it again. I'm in the same funk, but guess what? Sometimes in life we do the things we don't want to do because nothing in life comes easy. Mm-hmm. Or, it's, you know, they don't always want to do those things, but that's part of it. I would say that, you know, so I have this quote and hope I get it coming out of my head and like download. It's like, it's like my happiness is my commitment to doing the things that I know um, make me happy, even when I don't feel to do it. Like it's mm-hmm. long after the feeling of wanting to do it has passed. Right. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's what I, I, I'm with you on that one. It's like, you know, your, your, your self-love is almost like doing those things on those days when you don't want it the most. So you said some time back, some minutes back, you talked about, you wish you had measured happy. And that was very intriguing. How, how would you, how would you have measured it? Like, like date, like I'm a data now, like I love data analytics. Like there's, you can, you can put some data to that. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Um, there are, 
I'll put on my like scientist hat. There are <laughs> validated tools that show high validity and reliability in assessing happiness. So there are different ones. So for example, there's the Oxford happiness inventory which is from Oxford mm -hmm. and uh, the subjective happiness scale. So they measure different sort of elements of happiness. So whether mm -hmm. it be in the moment happiness versus sort of trait happiness, what, and so basically they're questionnaires and then you get a mm -hmm. score and you might mm -hmm. get a number, um, the subjective happiness scale, say you're a 4.2 and you're like, okay, Jillian, well, what does that mean? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can kind of compare it to norms, um, but really it's, it's a measure over time is generally how you look at it. Are you going up or down? Because everybody mm -hmm. kind of has a different baseline. Mm -hmm. What I think beyond being able to assess happiness and as a researcher, that's what I do because um, we need to, you know, have some, some um, very useful, reliable tools to do that, to standardize things. But what I think more so than what tool you use is really interesting is that uh, even if I asked you right now on a scale of one to 10, one, you're not happy at all. 10, you're like super happy. Um, and you gave me an answer, whatever your answer was. Mm -hmm. If I was to take a tool and measure it, chances are we get pretty much the same answer. So mm -hmm. as humans, we're actually pretty good at assessing how happy we are. Mm -hmm. What we are not good at is assessing what makes us happy. Okay. Okay. So this is where that cognitive gap lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you, whatever number you told me, we'd be pretty close. Because I, I think I, if I, if I kind of think, as you were saying, I think because yeah. we think about the big things, right? Mm -hmm. But it might actually wearing the shirt might make me happy. I'm wearing a shirt that says "Quarantine Queen" for the people that can't see. But you know, I think that that would make me happy. You know what I mean? Like having my lips. Like I think there's certain things that mm -hmm. you know, when I I gloss my lips, I smile. So maybe. But I wouldn't have said that to you. I would have thought my family, you know, my friends, my health and this, any other. But I think is, could that be what you're alluding to? That is exactly what I'm alluding to. So oftentimes um, I'm doing a lot of webinars right now because mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of in-person talks mm -hmm. like you, but now we're all on the computer talking to the computer mm -hmm. screen. Um, but I ask this multiple choice question sometimes. And I say, okay, if you won $10,000 right now in the lottery, and I told you to spend that money in a way that would maximize your happiness, would you A, buy a new wardrobe? B, uh, go on a trip when it's safe to, I guess, in the store somewhere <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> C, you budgeted yourself 200 bucks a week for self-care. So going for lunch, a massage, flowers, whatever. Or D, donating your money to charity. Mm -hmm. What do you think would maximize your happiness? For me? Yeah. I probably would do the third one. The third one, 200 bucks a week. See, yeah. you're good. And the reason for that is exactly what you said before. What actually adds up to a happy life is small bursts of happiness. It's not those big shiny moments, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but what happens is those big moments, the birthday party, the wedding, the graduation, the whatever, they take up a lot more mental real estate. Mm -hmm. We think about them more mm -hmm. before, during, and, and after, pardon me. Um, but really when you actually like were to plot out your day and how mm -hmm. much time you spend, the small bursts, and I use the word small in terms of time, not in terms of impact, because mm -hmm. those seemingly small things like a shirt that you love the saying, or like putting on a lipstick that those things actually at, they, they create upward sort of spirals of emotion. So it gives you a little boost and it gives you a little boost. And it gives you a little boost. But if you were to add up total impact for your life, those are the things that matter. And when you start to recognize that I want to find these sort of like light posts throughout my day mm -hmm. of things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they're guiding you along. Mm -hmm. And that's 
how you navigate towards happiness. It's not that destination thing that I was talking right, about. It's, right. Right. And so I think that that is such a key thing to know because it takes the pressure off of us mm-hmm. to need those big moments. And mm-hmm. while we may think about them and anticipate them, it really is our day to day. You know, are you, if you like to sit and have, I just got an espresso machine and I use like the Arachino maker with like my almond milk and I feel like a barista and I always wanted to be a barista growing up. So like truly every morning I'm just like living my dream. You're living your dream and you're happy. And by the way, your plant makes me happy. I actually want that plant in my office. I know I, he's got a, he's got a couple of yellow guys. In oh, I, oh yeah. it's nice, nice plant. I've nice been watering plant. it with plant food though. So I'm hoping it's going <laughs> to. I'm looking for one. So, but so what's the intersection between what you do and mental health? Like, is there a clear line? You know, one of the most interesting things. So besides the whole fact that people tilt their head when I say I'm a happiness researcher, the other piece of it is before COVID hit, Mm -hmm. when I was doing talks or I was doing workshops or seminars, I would spend the first 10 minutes talking about how I have a PhD in health science and how happiness and health are correlated and why happiness is important in terms of both our physical health and our mental health, Mm -hmm. because people couldn't make that connection. Yes. Okay. Now, ever since COVID hit, I have not once had to have the conversation of why, what is going on Mm. in our head matters. Why our mental health matters. We are living it. We're seeing, you know, according to the Canadian mental health association, we're seeing elevated levels of anxiety, of stress, of Mm. we are living it ourselves, our family, our loved ones, our colleagues, our coworkers. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like it's deepened in appreciation because I think part of the the challenge and the opportunity with mental health is that if you broke your arm mm-hmm. and you needed someone, you needed me to come over and brush your hair because you couldn't brush your hair because yes. your arm is broken. I'd be like, mm-hmm. no problem, right? Because I can physically see your arm right. is broken. You cannot brush your hair. But if you were having a really down day and you couldn't get yeah. out of bed, you may not. You physically don't look like anything is wrong with you. And yeah. so it's, it's hard for people to understand. And, and I also feel like there's been a lot of stigma around mental health in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, we have to be strong. We push through, we're fighters, right? Like that type of attitude as as seeing almost like a weakness when we're not okay. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I really hope is we can start to normalize the conversation to not be like, Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, you're okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Like in safe spaces, of course, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but really I think if we all had the actual conversations of what was going on behind closed doors, we would be living a very different experience. life. Yes, for sure. And social media, right. Adds to that complexity because we show our highlight reel and we can filter whatever we want. And we, right. It just, it, it adds layers of complexity to this and weird we world, and right? We yes. Highlight reels. And then suddenly it looks better than ours. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so what have you, what, like, being a happiness doctor and now, and the fact that let's talk about COVID-19 a bit, um, how has that affected you personally or, and what have you learned most about yourself? And then my second part of that question is, what is your, what is some advice that you can give to people during this time to really cope and really maintain a level of at least happy um, equilibrium and protect their mental health? Mm -hmm. Um, Great question. Uh, so First year. I, I don't have kids. 
I don't, I, um, everything I do is online. I used to go to sick kids to the hospital two days a week. I can completely do my work remotely. Um, so in a, aside from environmental shifts and instead of being in person, I'm now talking to my computer all the time. Um, I, I'm actually busier than I've ever been. Mm. And I, I'm happy about that because to me, to be, to be, like I said, I'm the only happiness doctor I know. Yes, and so, yes me too. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure yeah. everyone listening to this as well. Yes, go on. So I think like to be able to take science and research and combine it in a way where you can give actual tangible tips and mm-hmm. tools for people, mm-hmm. I think is a very big privilege that I have right now. Um, and I think sometimes my credentials may get me through the door, um, And once I'm there, I'm confident that I have good things to say that are evidence-based that, you know, I've been living in my own life. So I, I'm energized right now by the opportunity. And my, my favorite thing in life is to be, is teaching. Mm -hmm. I, I taught at Western for four years. I do a lot of media. And the reason I do media is because I see that as just a different classroom. Mm -hmm. I'm in somebody's living room. I'm on their, their Mm -hmm. phone, whatever, but I'm teaching all the time. And so to me, um, I, I live downtown Toronto. And uh, so I, I basically am in my office all day. I was showing you earlier, I've, I've Roy G. Bived my, my bookshelf over here, the colors of the rainbow. I've made a space that I'm comfortable and happy. Yes, I've got yes, it, right? So, yes. so I think um, COVID has been different. I miss my family a lot. I'm from London, Ontario. And mm. uh, so I haven't, I didn't go home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids. So my immediate family is more than the 10 people allowance. So seven kids, seven kids. And my mom had seven kids in nine years. And then she went and did a PhD. So I have like <laughs> the most incredible role model ever. <laughs> my mom's, and she can like deadlift her body weight and do 10 pull-ups. Which and is sorry, amazing. And you're the oldest of seven? Yeah. In nine years, no twins. It's not like you're the youngest. So that means that they're all, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not that long ago. No, I'm, I'm, she's young. She looks young. She looks young. <laughs> okay, go on. Um, yeah, and then I think in terms of navigating through COVID, and I so I've been doing a lot of media around mm-hmm. these topics, and oftentimes the way I frame it is like, how what do I want to tell myself? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I think the best messages are the ones that connect because they come from the heart. And I, just like you, just like you listening, we're all navigating uncertain times. And so I think, okay, with all of the research, with all of the knowledge, with all of the science that I know that I've done, what would I tell myself? And Mm -hmm. so a couple things that I've been focusing myself mentally on is one, I have a very active mind and I think a lot of us do. And so a big, big practice right now is like learning how to tame our mind. And this is very difficult. It is for me, absolutely. Um, But there's this, in research, we have this term called autonomy, which essentially is where, what we can control Mm -hmm, in our life. mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that we control everything because the reality is there's a lot going on that we can't control. What I mean is that when we shift our focus and they give as much energy as we can to the things that we can control, that actually has a more significant impact on our happiness than how much money we have, how popular we are, how attractive we are, or how much, or how good our sex life is. So when I think about all of these things, I'm like, okay, so a lot of times what I have to do is like stop my monkey mind. When I start going to, what if this, what if that, what if that? 
it really is a practice and a disciplined practice of like, like just stopping my thoughts mm. being like, do not think about that. What are the things that you can control? Can you control mm. this? No, I'm not giving it my mental real estate. Yeah. yeah. Um, easier said than done. But I think especially a big culprit that influences this is putting on the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's research that shows that even watching the news for three minutes in the morning, watching news that you perceive to be negative for three minutes in the morning can have mood effects for six to eight hours. Woo! I'm so happy I don't turn on the news. Right? So I'm not saying don't be informed. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like we check in, but like do not have it on in the background mm-hmm. while you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we're driving and we just have it on or whatever, like really being conscious consumers, mm-hmm. being really deliberate about where we're getting our mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. Um, can really stop some of that like scary mental chatter that we have, yeah. you know? I and that. I think the other thing is sometimes, I think especially when things are really difficult, when I sit here and I'm like, okay, I would never say this, but like, okay, be happy, (laughs) right? Or we tell this to ourselves, okay, Jillian, just be happy. First of all, happiness is not something that we be, it's a practice. Um, But also we can't, like I said, we can't be happy all the time. And so resilience and happiness are highly correlated. Mm -hmm. And so the way I think about it is like this, we, um, we start building our happiness muscle, right? Because mm-hmm. as we talked about, the, our thoughts, our actions, and our behaviors mm-hmm. are, we can build them just like you'd go stronger when you exercise in the gym. Mm-hmm. We can build our happiness muscle by doing things like practicing gratitude and being mm-hmm. mindful. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're building our muscle and then boom, something hits, mm-hmm. whether it's a pandemic or a job loss or a divorce or a bankruptcy or what a health issue, whatever it is. So then all of a sudden we see a major drop in our happiness. Mm-hmm. Then that's where resilience comes in because resilience is our ability to bounce back. Mm. And from there, the question becomes how high. Mm. So really when you think about bounce back, it's bouncing back to where you were before. And, Mm. you know, from, from everything that I know about you and chances are, if you're listening right now, the fact that you are listening to this podcast, (laughs) we are not the people that want to get back to where we were, right? We want to go higher. And so that's where thriving comes in. That's where Mm -hmm. flourishing comes in. Mm -hmm. We have to go through the journey and the work to Mm -hmm. get back, Mm -hmm. but we can grow beyond that. And so sometimes when the idea of happiness is overwhelming or daunting or scary or completely out of the realm of Mm -hmm. anything, Mm -hmm. then we focus on resilience and figure out, okay, how day by day, what Mm -hmm. am I doing to take one step, one Mm -hmm. step, one step. And it might be two steps forward, one step back. That's Mm -hmm. the dance of life. But when we shift to resilience, knowing that resilience and happiness are highly correlated, I think sometimes that can take the the pressure off of us because I really feel like sometimes, even for myself as a happiness researcher, sometimes when I think about happiness and tell myself to be happy, I feel like I'm reading a meme on Instagram (laughs) and, and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> you know, be happy. No, I can't be happy today. Me on Instagram. Right, right. And that's so okay. Maybe, maybe you maybe you can psychoanalyze this because for me, what I've, you know, my, what my resilience looks like and what I've learned through all of the challenges I've been like, I've like, I've gone through, I've gotten through everything I've gone through. And because mm-hmm. I'm so uber, like, I understand that. So uber clearly mm-hmm. whenever something does come up, it's like, Ooh, okay there's a growth moment coming, yeah. you know? And so it doesn't, it, 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 don't get me wrong. It's not that it doesn't, uh, I can't remember the words you use, but deflate me a bit. 
-hmm. but it's like, it doesn't keep me there long. Mm -hmm. And I think I practice some of those things. You said like, shut your mind down, only focus like the autonomy, like put that autonomy into play and focus on only what you can control and know that something great is coming out of this because you're going to be stronger and more resilient. You're going to have more endurance. You're going to have more lessons to teach. Right. So is that, yeah, is that yeah. craziness? No, no. Okay. And you know, I'm in the same boat as you. And I think one of the most helpful things I think about in my mind sometimes is I think Teflon, not Velcro. Woo! So when things are going on that I don't like, that are affecting me, that whatever. I think I'm Teflon, I'm not Velcro. I'm not taking it on, I'm not clinging to it, I'm not holding it, I'm letting it go. Like that practice, that yeah. surrender, that letting it's go, great. it's extremely difficult. Yeah. But oftentimes I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Jillian, are you being Teflon or Velcro? Like <laughs> that's the conversation I have in my head with myself. Yeah. Um, and, and it really, when we start to notice that, like, I, as I started to ask myself that question, I was like, wow, I'm still thinking about the conversation I had three hours ago that's bothering me. Like mm -hmm. it has now not only taken in my joy in the moment, but here I am three hours later feeling worse than I did three hours ago. So what, yeah. like these yeah. things, like I think tuning in to our own thoughts, like honestly to our thoughts, mm -hmm. not like the pretty picture thoughts, but the raw, real, honest thoughts and yeah. feelings that we're having, paying attention, our self-talk is is yeah. a big piece right yeah because so often the things that we say to ourselves, we if like i held a microphone to my head i would never want anyone to hear that ever i would well, never talk say to, to anyone i love like that, right? Right? no right. <laughs> and yet that's what we do to ourselves yeah. and so i think a lot and one of the big things i've really learned about happiness like when i talked about it's not a destination it's a practice it's all inside Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like an Instagram quote, and I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm not it's, sorry, it's, actually. No, but it's actually, it's, it's really, true. it's true. It's actually Sometimes very those, like, it those needs to be an Instagram quote. It needs to be an Instagram are, quote. Are true because there's wisdom in it. And it really, right. like, as soon as we start looking elsewhere externally for happiness, A, we lose control, right? Because there's a lot going on that we can't control. But B, we're now giving our power and our opportunity to experience happiness to something that isn't us. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a major problem. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, you know, I, I mean, first of all, I didn't follow the structure of this interview at all. I have a research team that puts together. They're going to be like, I, you didn't ask her like, what question are you researching? But that's okay. But I love, I love the organic nature. This is the it's second best. interview in a row. This is what that. it's meant to be. It's exactly what it's meant to be. So I, I'm going to go into my rapid thrivers, which um, are just five quick questions. Okay. Um, you know, well, as quick as they can be. Who knows what happens here from here. <laughs> So when you think about someone who like, like that is thriving and, and, and inspires you, who's that that comes to mind and why? Brene Brown. Mm. I really admire Brene on many levels. One, um, you know, I think until you go through the process of getting a PhD, you don't mm. appreciate how much sacrifice and grind. And, you know, it took me 11 years mm. of hard work. And so I have respect for her on a personal level. Mm -hmm. um, I admire her thinking. Um, I admire her, her courage and her bravery to talk mm -hmm. about topics like shame and vulnerability um, and to bring them to mainstream and to yeah. forefront and to start to normalize those conversations. I think she's yeah. a brilliant woman and I admire her and her yeah. work and I, what amazing things she's putting out into the world. Have you met her? 
Yes. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, because I'm. She needs to know. Look, I might have to hit her up and say, "Nisa, <laughs> she." I'm sure she hasn't met a happiness doctor. That should be your in. Just <laughs> oh my god. So, <laughs> what is? I think I know. I, well, let me not. What is one uh, daily activity that helps you with your thrive? I jump on my rebounder. Oh, like yeah, like a bouncing thing. Yeah, it's right here. Oh. You're like, um, like, uh, what's his name? Tony Robbins does that before he steps on stage. Does he? Yes. He has a oh. little one backstage and, he, and it, it takes away his, um, Mine, nervous energy. Oh, I live in a condo. So yeah. it actually folds up and I can put it in the closet. The legs fold up. Yeah. So I just leave it out. And then I put How it away. are your ceilings? Uh, well, I'm only five foot three. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. So just for everyone to know, yeah. there's a mini trampoline that she has in her office, which is really, yeah. that's great. Yeah. But the reason is, a, you know, and I, I mentioned this earlier, I really believe that exercise is one of the most yeah. effective instant happiness mood boosters. And so mm-hmm. I try just a couple of times a day, I get up and I put on like a song like this today. I was like totally dancing to the Spice Girls. <laughs> just on top of your <laughs> And I put on like just random happy music and I like dance jump. It's yeah, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. And it's good for your lymph. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to just get up and move your body. And uh, that's a practice that A, it keeps me so I don't crash in the afternoon because yeah, you're energized yeah. when you get off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I like that. I, you know, I've actually never even thought about it, especially now that we're working from home. Yes. You know, I don't have one of those trampolines, but I could quickly go down and sprint a minute on my, or dance on my, on my treadmill or something like that. Yeah. You know, I got a kettlebell behind it. Sometimes I do kettlebell swings too. Uh, yeah, with some music. I can get it yeah. Yeah. So what is a book that has helped you with your thrive? I'm sure you have Ooh, many. Yeah, I have so many. So many. I saw your books. Um, yeah, but I'm going to go with the OG. Uh, book that changed my life and that was the power of intention by Wayne Dyer oh and the oh, original guy original book. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay yeah Wayne Dyer oh yeah yeah I um I up until I don't know seven or eight years ago was I would say like like if you would have asked me if I was happy I would have said yes you know I was married mm-hmm. I was in school I I was kind of telling that story, mm-hmm. but there was a, an element of roboticness to me that I didn't mm-hmm. recognize at the time. I only see mm-hmm. it looking back. And I think I just, I was so closed off to myself mm-hmm. that I was almost like going through the motions of life, doing the things that I felt like I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to have those tough conversations with myself because I would know I would have to answer those tough questions that I didn't want to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom gave me this book and actually, hold on, I got to, sh- mm-hmm. where is it? I can find it right. You remember really the color? Yeah, hold on. I got to show you. Hold on you one second. You know sec. the color. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at the color. <laughs> Her bookshelf's organized by color. Okay. Wow. That For those book of you is, that are listening. That, that book is like book. ear-dogged and uh, dog-eared. And it there, has like all these stickies. <laughs> wow. There are like probably over a hundred post-its. That, mm-hmm. And this book, like, it was like the catalyst that woke me up yeah. to starting to get in touch with myself yeah and yeah. so yes I might have to pick that one up I might have to pick that up I love what is the, what is an app that helps you with your thrive mm. so I have two that I want to say uh one is clue uh ladies it's the one I use to track my monthly cycle okay oh it's I use very um, good 
I use another one, period tracker. Okay. okay. Clue, clue's good. Okay. Clue, I really like okay. um, Clue a lot because it sends me notifications to like remind me. And I love to track yeah, things. Does, it tells yeah. you when you're ovulating. It yeah. Tells you, yeah. 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 It's, it's very helpful. Does it? So, period, look at us, talking. Period tracker, you can actually put your sexual positions on there. Oh, too? mine doesn't. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, period. maybe I should get yeah. that. Ah! Oh. Anyway, keep it PG. Okay, next the next app. Uh, my other app that I absolutely love. So one thing, the way I lay out my phone screen, I used to go, I, I used to get a lot of anxiety from my phone because mm -hmm. I would look at my screen, even if I just wanted to use like Waze or Google Maps or something, mm -hmm. I would see my email or my texts mm -hmm. or my Facebook mm -hmm. and I would see like the little number. I turned off all my notifications. I did that. But I would see oh, Jillian, you have 42 text messages here. And it would give me anxiety. And I try to like ignore it. So what I've done is I put on my home screen the most common apps that I use, none of which are social media or media related. I actually have to swipe to my second screen to get them oh, all. Okay. So that has been amazing because now I can go on my Audible or go yes, on my yeah, thing without yeah, having yeah, yeah. to see that. So I actually get to choose when I see if I have notifications. Okay, and so that's that smart. That, so has been I do that. Yes, that has been a game changer for me. I did that in 2016, December 21st. I remember when I shut mm. them down. So I actually have to schedule time to go and look at my text messages. And, yeah. And then you're, and a lot of people are like, well, how do you do, like, what if, I said, people know to call me, they need me urgently. Yeah. And, and then people also start to respect Yes. Your capacity in your space. Yeah. Exactly. Because we set the boundaries. And yep. and I mean, I'm sure I've lost some friends along the way of people that get offended, but I'm like, you know what? So I can't like, let my phone run my life. Yeah. And yeah. so if you want to take offense to that, I'm sorry. I like that added tip about putting that stuff only on your, so that you have to swipe to the second screen. I like that. I haven't done that. So that's a good one. Thank mm -hmm. you for teaching me that. What and is my other favorite oh, app is oh, Word of the third. Day. Word of the Day. My, my second favorite app is Word oh, of the Day. Oh, okay. Every day. I, I get, I love learning, right? So every day I get a notification with a word of the day. Mm -hmm. And then I try to use that word in a sentence during the day. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pick that one up. You know what I have? I have, the I have the motivation app, which I Ooh, like. I because I, yeah, it's wicked. And so it's beautiful quotes and you can schedule how many you want to receive in the day. And oh. it randomly, it randomly sends them. And what I realized the app listens <laughs> Because I, I'm I get that. because I'm like, I'm get that. <laughs> not really the quote that you're sending to me right now, like that I need It's it's, I love it. And a lot of times it allows me, I post it on Instagram, like, cause I just, it's quick share or mm -hmm. I share it with my team. Um, yeah, but it's just great motivational nuggets. Just Ooh, I'm totally yeah. getting that. Thank yeah. you. You should motivation <laughs> app. It's called motivation. So what is one misconception that people have of you as they as you're the happiness doctor and they see you in your thrive. So um, I kind of already said the one, the number one thing is that people think I'm happy all the time and I'm not. Um, the other thing I think um, I, so I'm the happiness expert on basically every TV show in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and I go on all these different shows and I talk about happiness. And I think these, sometimes the perception is that like TV seeks me out mm. when in reality, <laughs> I have pitched every single segment that I have ever done my entire okay. life on I my never, own. I wouldn't have thought that. No man. PR help. <laughs> and even to the point where like, so the first national TV show I did seven years ago was The Social. And uh, I did a segment on why happiness was important. I pitched it myself, like cold email. Like I used to go on like LinkedIn and Facebook and like figure out how to contact producers, right? Cold email. And then I thought about it. And like every show has like, a beauty expert and a fashion expert and a like mortgage expert. 
but there's nobody talking about happiness. And yet Mm. what's the one thing that's universal among all the viewers? We all want to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about that. And like I said, how teaching to me, media is just teaching in a different classroom. So I have 100% on my own pitched every single thing that I've ever done. If you've ever seen a segment on my TV, it's it's all me. And so I, I say that because I think sometimes the perception is like TV comes to you and like, maybe mm-hmm. if you're a movie star, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time it's not. And I'm, yeah. I have come from no media background, nothing, uh, just from a really uh, desire and a passion to share what I'm learning. And I, I see media as a good platform for that. But I think sometimes the perception that media comes to me or that I have all these people helping me, mm-hmm. uh, not the case. I love so, it. I love, and I love you, Dr. Jillian. I love, I love you. you. I love you. And you know, so far I'm over time. And so sorry, listeners, <laughs> but I, I, I think happiness is important. And um, I was just like at 35 minutes, I was like, ah, forget it. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> find you online i everything of me is at uh, my hub is my website which is jillian mandich and i'm jillian with a g so mm-hmm. it's g-i-l-l-i-a-n-m-a-n-d-i-c-h and all my handles on the socials are my name at jillian with a g okay mandich. and i will also put the links as well awesome and is there anywhere where you're coming up soon where we can actually tune in and watch or anything uh, well um this will go after this airs i'm sure but tomorrow oh, okay. I'm doing my first in-person media interview since March. Oh. So I'm very, we're going to a park and sitting six feet apart. So, so I can watch it. So yeah. We're, we're, yeah, you'll have to, I'll, I'll ask you after we hang up. So to everyone that's listening, I, I hope you, if you, even if you don't feel happier right now, which I'm sure you do, but that the tips that were shared, that you're taking them, that you wrote them down and that those become your, so your quick return. I love it because you do have autonomy and, and know that you were powerful. Thank you so much, Dr. Jillian. We've, it's been a pleasure. And to everyone that's listening, this is where I have to say, unfortunately, we're out. (laughs) So there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Billy says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you. I'm your girl, and I'm 